Welcome back to the Old Dodger Radio Program on WFMU. Tonight's show opened up with Frankie Trumbauer and his orchestra with Trumbology. That was recorded in 1927 and features Big Spiderback on cornet. Following that, the, the Billy Strayhorn Trio is actually uh, Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn on piano and uh, Joe Sherman on bass, and they performed a recording called In a Blue Summer Garden. So I'm the old codger, as I said, and uh, the listeners have been writing to the station manager. Uh, he gets a mailbag of correspondence about the old codger show every Monday morning. Yes, every Monday morning he risks a hernia toting that mountainous sack back from the post office. Now, of course, he will not let me see these letters. Says they're addressed to me, care of the station, and he is the station. The station manager is an autocrat. Uh, he's a dictator. In his office, there, I've seen it, there's this giant poster of Joseph Stalin smiling. A very avuncular smile. Uncle Joe. That, that's his role model. Anyway, the letters. Many, many of these envelopes, I'm sure, contain checks made payable to me because my devoted listeners want to support my program. See, 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 WFMU is a non-commercial station. That's because program content has value, and value can be measured in monetary terms. That's called commerce. WFMU calls itself non-commercial, no commerce. And that tells you all you need to know. And they brag about it. Hey, no one wants to advertise on our station because we stink. So listen to our crappy station because we have no advertisers. Well, me, the old catch of my program, is quantifiably superior. So people want to pay for it. And they mail me checks. And, and I run commercials. The rest of WFMU's programming has no substance, which is why... They have to spend so much time throughout the year holding out their pathetic little tin cups, begging listeners to send a few dollars. If they didn't beg, the station would be sold for parts, and most of those parts would fetch five cents on the dollar. Anyway, the, the station manager, back to him, the station manager tells me that the listeners, you, I guess, uh, think I'm in a rut, that my monologues are predictable. They claim... I opened the program every week complaining about how wretched WFMU is and what an ordeal it is for me to be associated with this herd of amateur goofballs. And then they claim that, that later I always talk about how I'm God's gift to women. That's a fact, actually. It's quantifiable. And they say that I flirt with the lovely lady listeners, especially the younger ones, you know, age 45, 50. Well, guilty as charged. Now, this is not predictability. This is what's known as consistency. Now, in a world of doubt where it's difficult to rely on anything, where things are here today and gone tomorrow, uh, where people tell you one thing and then they do another, it's good to know that you can count on me. Week after week, you can count on me to point out how lackluster WFMU is when I am not on the air, and you can be sure and I'll continue boasting that when it comes to the men DJs at WFMU, I am the alpha male. Now you may be asking yourself, how does the old codger stay so frisky? <laughs> I eat Kellogg's Pep every morning. You know, Pep Gang, it seems uh, easy to get the full second series of four-colored insignia and warplane buttons that come in packages of Kellogg's Pep. 
Of course, you know that there are eight Army Air Squadron insignia, three Marine insignia, seven Navy insignia, and four warplane buttons. Twenty-two sparkling buttes in all. Each one a real eye-catcher. Boy, what really swell prizes they are. Dramatic looking, with brilliant designs that sure do stand out against a pure white background. For instance, one favorite of mine is that bright blue eagle flying into white clouds and carrying death-dealing red bombs. That's the insignia of the 70th Bombardment Squadron, and it's sure a honey. Now, there's only one way to get these smart-looking Kellogg's Pep buttons. You can't buy them anywhere. They come only in packages of Kellogg's Pep. You don't send in a penny, not even a box stop. You just make sure that Mom gets a good supply of Pep for your house. Kellogg's Pep, that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal that's so good to eat and so good for you. Then, you look inside each package for your prize, a smart-looking insignia or warplane button. You'll find the button at the bottom of the package in between the carton and the inner wax bag. It's your prize from P.E.P. Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek.
was I drunk, was he handsome, and did Mama give me hell? Je 
de mon cœur. Mais j'ai compris que ce cœur a pris en fait en déjà savoir. Vous faites partie de moi. Anything come what might For the sake of having you near In spite of a warning voice That comes in the night And repeats in my ear Don't you know, little fool You never can win Use your mentality And wake up to reality But it's time I do Just the thought of you Makes me stop Before I begin Cause I've got Under my skin Till 
we finally find a spot where we can hide. Then, until the crowing of the chickens, me and my Marie proceed to raise the dickens by the old seaside. Well, we opened up that set of music with the great uh, pianist Teddy Wilson and breaking in a pair of shoes. Then uh, Little Johnson sang, Was I? Josephine Baker with a French version of I've Got You Under My Skin, and then Cole Porter singing his song from Can Can, uh, Me and Marie. Courtney T. Edison, the old codger here on WFMU. You can hear me every Thursday night from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock playing only 78 RPM records like they're going out of style. Well, you know, uh, people who listen to me a long time, they know that I'm full of bluster and certitude. But uh, like all of you, I, like most mortals, I have moments of self-doubt. I recall very clearly I had moments of self-doubt in 1926, uh, 1939, 1953, 1963, of course 1966 when Sophie Tucker died, and 1979. Now I know I had moments of self-doubt in those years because I wrote them down in a private journal. They were richly chronicled, and they will be of great interest to future historians who study the details of my remarkable life and write books about me. Yes, books, plural. Uh, I'm not talking about whether or not I will achieve immortality. That's a done deal. It's a fait accompli. The question is whether I will be properly deified. Now, there was another moment of self-doubt that I had in the 1990s, but at the time, I couldn't find a pencil, so I didn't write down the date or the full circumstances. But uh, uh, something about Jasper Quagnagle uh, spilling beer on one of my Victrolas. Now, I, I should have flown into a rage and had Jasper disemboweled on the spot, but uh, other things distracted me. It would have been really messy having his bloody entrails uh, strewn about my bunker. But at the time, I was having arguments with one of my sweeties, uh, Gertrude Mavers, and she had driven me to despair. Now, I would prefer that Gertrude would have driven me to drink, because uh, drink is a better place to go to than despair. I invite you to travel both roads and make your own comparisons. Uh, now, I remember one time during a moment of self-doubt, I don't recall exactly which year, but uh, during that dark moment of self-doubt, I called Jesus. But I got put on hold. I was told there were long wait times and that my call was very important to Jesus and that Jesus takes calls in the order in which they are received. The hold music was excruciating. When Jesus puts you on hold, they don't play Fats Waller. Now, by the way, if you want to call Jesus yourself, I have his phone number. I'll give it to you. Get a pencil. I'll wait. Okay. Jesus, his phone number is one. That's right. He's had the same phone number since 1877. It was issued specially by the, the, the newly formed Bell Telephone Company. Now, at the time, back in 1877, uh, Jesus personally picked up all the calls himself because there was no answering machine, uh, no switchboard, no call center, no voicemail. Uh, he would sometimes tell you he was busy and uh, to call back later because uh, hold 
had not yet been invented. Anyway, uh, I have not had a serious bout of self-doubt in 25 years, and I've never had a moment of doubt about the great music that I play on this program. So here is some uh, George Hanna. It's uh, Mead Lux Lewis on piano on WFMU on the Old Codger Show. Now, did you ever hear the story about that boy in the boat? Don't wear no shoes or no overcoat. Broad told me that it happened like this. He loved to dive and also to fish. He went roaming in that shallow boat with his head hardly rising and his eyes hot to go. Face is all wrinkled and his breath smells like soap. Talking about that boy in a boat. When you see two women walking hand in hand, just look them over and try to understand. They'll go to these parties, have the lies down low. Only those parties where women can go. You think I'm lying, just ask Hacken. Took many abroad from many a man. Face is still wrinkled and his breath smells like soap. Still talking about that boy in a boat.
gang, it looks like we picked out the wrong spot this evening, don't it, huh? You know, this sweet music's all right, but uh, we always been a bunch of going for plenty of pep and excitement. I know where to go. Let's get a coat and hats and get out this joint, huh? Come on, then, let's go from here, where we can have some fun, I mean. Peeping the stars go peeping to the rhythm of the band. Boy, downtown's uptown, shaking that African. It's a brand new movement, but boy, what an improvement. You know, the game goes loco doing that African. Them corner tricks and red hot licks, and they mow you down. And if you want a treat to low down beat, boy, come on uptown. Better than a black bottom. It's really in there. We started up here, too. Oh, shaking an African. Boy, this is the biggest craze in New York City. And if you don't learn this dance, oh, what a pity, a pity. California, presents now the three charming Boswell sisters, those syncopating harmonists from New Orleans. The girls are in training for something. Why, they must be in training for you. Somebody new, I 
That was the Boswell Sisters, with I'm Training for You. Um, we started out that uh, set of music with George Hanna singing and uh, Meet Lux Lewis accompanying him on piano with uh, The Boy in the Boat. Dizzy Gillespie with uh, Dizzy Atmosphere, followed by the Don Redman Orchestra, shaking that African, and then the Boswells. Old Codger here on WFMU playing 70 FM records at going on my old pal, Rummy Delbarton, is not a very good driver. Probably shouldn't be allowed behind the wheel of a car anymore, because he can't navigate. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times he can't find his way out of a parking lot. He often can't find the correct route out of his driveway. He makes a, a left turn at the trash bins, and he ends up in the azalea beds. But Rummy is also an inventor, and he made a tremendous contribution to the nation's roadways. Rummy, you won't believe this, but Rummy Delbarton, my friend, he invented the speed bump. He, he ran over his neighbor once. The neighbor survived. He was tough as nails. Uh, but it gave Rummy an idea. Because Rummy always used to say to me, he said, says, the world is going too fast. And Rummy wanted to slow down the accelerated pace of 20th century life. And he figured the speed bump would do the trick. And it would make driving less fun. That was also one of Rummy's life missions. Less fun for you. He saw fun as a zero-sum proposition. If you had less fun, he had more. I know, I know. Uh, but he was an important inventor, the Tesla of traffic safety. Anyway, he, he built this prototype of a speed bump, and he submitted it to the U.S. Patent Office. And he was awarded a patent for the speed bump. Uh, he licensed his patented speed bump to parking lots and municipalities around the U.S. So, Rummy, Rummy, who lives very comfortably now in his old age, he collects a royalty every time someone drives over 25 miles per hour over one of his speed bumps and hits their head on the roof of their car. Now, speed bumps have not been a total success because they have not been embraced everywhere. Uh, Rummy tried them on uh, bicycle trails. Now, the number of Fatalities has been disputed over the years, but uh, Rummy's intentions were noble. He was striving for uh, profitability. Now, uh, moving on with the program, back to the great music on 78 RPM Discs on the Old Codger Show. I like to play, uh, every so often, to play a film soundtrack for you. This one is the biographical documentary about the great singing legend, Owl Jolson. Uh, the film is called I Love to Singer. It's from uh, 1936, a film made by the Warner Brothers Film Company, and presented to you here as it was preserved, the sound, on 78 RPM discs. Of course, only. Ow! Damn it! <laughs>
Yes, yes, Simple Simon, Madam, Madam Price, Madam Pyman, going to tell, going to tell to the fair. Said Simple Simon, said Simple Simon, said Simple Simon to the Pyman, let me, let me, let me test, let me taste your wear. Said the Pyman, Simple Simon, first, said, said, said Pyman to Simple Simon, first let me, let me see your penny. Said Simon to test, said Simon to the Pyman, indeed, 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 oh well, sure. Well, what's your name, son? I love to sing about the moon and the June and the spring. I love to sing about a sky of blue or a tea for two. Anything with a swing to when I love you. I love to, I love to sing. Oh, Papa, oh, children, it's him at the radio station. <laughs> no major boat's gonna get me. Got through Yale with Bula Bula, la dee do Oh, microphone's got me. I love to sing. I love to wake up with the salsa in my mouth uh, and wave the flag up with a cheer for Uncle Sammy and another former mammy. I love to sing. I love to sing uh, about the moon and the June and the spring. Uh, I love to sing uh, about a sky. Drink to me only with thine eyes and I Enough is too much. Go on and sing her. About your moon and your juna, about a swinger. Go on and sing her. About a sky of blue or a T for two, anything with a swing of two, and I love you, uh, I love it to, I love it to sing. I love to sing her. I like to sing and never stop it to my papa. I'd wave a flag her with a cheer for Jackie Bunny and another for my mommy. Be Selling nuts, hard nuts. Anybody you want to buy my nuts? Selling nuts. Hard nuts, I've got nuts for sale. Selling one for five, two for ten. If you buy them once, you'll buy them again. Selling nuts, hard nuts, you buy them from the peanut man. Nuts, hard nuts, anybody you want to buy my nuts? Selling nuts. Hard nuts, I've got nuts for sale. They tell me your nuts is mighty fine, but I bet your nuts isn't hard as mine selling nuts. Hard nuts, you buy from the peanut man. Selling nuts, hard nuts. Anybody you want to buy my nuts selling nuts. I've nuts, I've got nuts for sale And they tell me your nuts is mighty small Best to have small nuts than no nuts at all Selling nuts Hard nuts, you buy them from the peanut man
what you can get cheap. Only five cents, boys. Nice and brown, too. Everybody's crazy about my nuts. The hottest nuts in town selling nuts. Hot nuts, you buy them from the peanut man. Nuts, hot nuts, anybody you want to buy my nuts selling nuts. Hot nuts, I've got nuts for sale. When a hog get hungry, he starts to grunt. When a man get hungry, he starts to hunt for nuts. Hot nuts, you buy them from the peanut man, I say. You buy them from the peanut man. Oh, 
Here I'm thinking of you while here all alone. I'm wishing and longing for you and for home. I'd give this whole world if I could only say I'm climbing that hill. A troubled mind and a heart full of pain. I've searched the whole world for fortune and fame, but I'm longing to be with you once again, so we could stroll down old. Shot the program there with uh, Jimmy Rogers, the singing brakeman, and down the old road to home. Uh, we we started out listening to the, the, the biography, the film biography of Al Jolson. Uh, I love the singer. We heard the entire soundtrack of that film. Uh, Little Johnson and Black Bob did get him from the Peanut Man. Hot nuts. <laughs> Why is that funny? I don't know. The Brock sisters did bring on the pepper, and he had Jimmy Rogers. Well, this is the old codger. Some listeners have been wondering, how old? Well, not as old as my brother, the older codger. Uh, his name is Julius Edison. Uh, he's been around a while. Julius recalls Manhattan when the northern half was wilderness, and it was populated by uh, fugitive slaves and squatters and moonshiners and highwaymen. Julius 
so old, he can remember when the downtown neighborhood where you now find Katz's Deli was an Indian village. He says it was impossible to get a decent pastrami sandwich. Anyway, I'll be back next week with more 70 RPM records here on WFMU, uh, East Orange, WMFU, uh, Mount Hope, in New York City and Rockland County, 91.9 FM, on the internet at WFMU.org. I'm off now to get plushed to the scuppers, because tomorrow I've got to go down to the Social Security office. Damn it, they said my... My number expired. Welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I'm Hardy White. Join me now, won't you? And that's the whole point. Joining me so we can be together. And together, you can do things that you can't do alone, like be together. And it's essential when you're traveling, when you're exploring, because that way, you'll never be lost. You're never lost if you've got a friend. And I'll be your friend. As long as you have a radio, you've got a friend. The radio is like a human mind. Now, I'm going to say that again because I'm afraid that you heard me. The radio is like a human mind. Oh, ideas come through it like radio waves or radio shows, and they spew out of it. They come out of this radio mind, out of your radio receiver, which is like a skull or a head. And then its usefulness reaches its end and it dies. And you have a burial for that radio receiver. And you all go somewhere and dig a hole and put it in there. But you need some sort of license from the government. Because you can't just dispose of either a radio or a loved one's head without uh, the proper paperwork. Oh, I don't have that here for you. Everything we do is sort of guerrilla. You mean like Gorilla, the kind of costumes that people put on in the 30s for comic effect? No, not that kind at all. What if they put on smaller costumes, like pretending to be a gibbon? Well, if you were a smaller statured actor, that might be appropriate. But here, oh, here we're going to put on a regular kind of radio show. Oh, my friend, I use the radio, which is like a human mind, to visit. I use it as a type of station wagon to drive over to your house to say things to you. I think all week long, oh, I've got this visit coming up with my friend. I can't wait. I have so much to tell them. And then the time comes and I can't remember what it is. And I thought, well, gosh, I've done so much. Then I realize I've done nothing. And what it is that I've forgotten to tell you about is nothing. And so I must make something up. Oh, isn't it wonderful to have an imagination? And then I can tell you through this radio, through this virtual mind. I can tell you what's on my mind, which is also a type of radio. Ooh, is there not but radio? Possibly. Old butt radio. I'm on, that's what we call it. There was uh, the radio stations near the Florida coast. I remember they'd call Oyster Radio. And and I'd say, well, that's interesting. But I do something more akin to butt radio, I think. And I don't, I I like that. It's just basic. It just sounds basic and gritty, doesn't it? It's just basic. It's basic like a human buttocks. It's just right there doing every, does so much 
with so little. It's not complicated like your brain, the buttocks. It's just two, two wads of muscle, really. And if it was a cut of, uh, if you're going to uh, self-cannibalize, go, ooh, give me that sweet ham. But uh, what I want to do that physically, uh, metaphysically, and imaginatively is be a radio friend for you who runs to you and says, I've got this information. Let's talk about it. Oh, my friend, I have so much to tell you. I hope that you've got some time. I've got nothing but time. It seems like there's not like there's nothing but radio. There's nothing but time. We are lousy with the infinite, aren't we? We have an infinite amount of so much. I guess it's just what we don't have an infinite amount of is time. I just said I did. Okay, I don't know. I guess even if you have an infinite amount of time, you can't cull through everything. So having an infinite amount of time and also an infinite amount of these, I guess they're demos from bands or something. I could go through them. Oh, my friends, I have a mission for you. Let's pretend this is Mission Impossible. So you're in, I wonder how many of you are listening on actual radios. If you are, Pick up your, your microphone. It's probably not two-way, though, is it? It's probably just a receiver. But go ahead and say, I'm here, Hardy. Checking in. Like that, and I'll hear you. If it's online or something, well, I guess there's no way I'll ever know. But listen to our radios right now, and we're going to imagine that life is a sort of mission. And I've got one for you. Well, not the whole life isn't a mission. That's complicated. I've got a specific task. Mission Impossible. You remember that show? So what you'd be doing is you'd say, you go to, I don't know, video rental place and say, I want Porky's 8, and I don't think there is one. And they'd give you a videotape, and you go, and you say, can I watch this in the adult viewing booth? And they go, okay, I guess so. And you go in there, and you put it in, and they say, hey, listener. But they'd say your actual name. What is it? What's your actual name? Aline, Alisa, Aline, Alai. I'm hearing a little bit. They say your name. They go, uh, this mission, should you decide to accept it, which is a ridiculous caveat. I'm not going to have that in there. You're accepting the mission. It's imaginary. Come on. You're going to turn down an imaginary mission. I don't know. Just be game. Come on. Do something. Take some chances, especially ones that aren't real. All right. Take some phony chances. That can't be bad, right? We're going to do all this stuff we're going to be doing inside. Nobody's going to see. It's inside our heads. So we can do all sorts of stuff. You are liberated. You're not, you know, freedom is layered. And there's there's a, you know, the first level you want to get to is the internal one. Because that one, you can be, nobody will know what your progress is. So even if you're failing, they won't know. You go, oh, I'm totally free inside. They won't know that you're nothing but psychological prison guards in there. Stab, 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 beat up, beat up, beat up. Oh, I throw my urine on them, nothing happens. Listen, we are, you're on a special mission right now. Should you decide to accept it? You're having trouble paying attention because you think smoke's going to come out of the VCR. You're right, it is, but just wait. I mean, it's not that bad. It's not noxious. The tape itself is made of, like, bung beans or something. It won't, it's not made of plastic. There's not going to be. I know you're nervous about that when it goes, pshh, and the music starts. When the music starts, your mission starts. But I haven't told you yet, so we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. Listen. 
The world needs repairing. Oh, what the mission? This is a baloney mission. It's not a baloney mission. First you have to go to Bologna, Mr. Smarty Pants. No, it's not. It's not that. But uh, let's pretend it's a mission. Let's pretend the things that we're doing, anything that we do for good, even if it's a small thing like uh, bringing Mrs. Johnson some canned goods, it's, um, but no can opener. Oh, it's like a Twilight Zone episode. Here's your canned goods, Mrs. Johnson. Goodbye. But you didn't leave a can opener. The fate of Mrs. Johnson is sad, a sad one. Thank God she had one of those um, rock hammers, the ge- the, like the geology ones, the, with the pointy ones, and she just hacked open the cans, and it was messy, but she ate. So don't be upset that something happened to her. Your mission now, <clears throat> first of all, here's the thing with the mission. Just go say, I, I, uh, before you accept the mission, I feel like you think, I'm going to tell you what the mission is, and you'll go, oh, no, no, I'm not up for it. But it in the training... You're going to learn so much that I don't want to even tell you.